Jersey cows are becoming increasingly popular amongst dairy farmers around the world. It's one of only a few cattle breeds that are actually on the rise in terms of number of cows being bred. But why are modern dairy farmers embracing the Jersey cow? What needs to be in place in order to have a healthy and profitable Jersey herd that'll also be sustainable long-term? To give us the best tips on how to breed Jersey cows for the future, I've invited a leading Jersey expert to join me in the studio. Peter Larsen is the Senior Breeding Manager for Viking Jersey and also the Executive Secretary of the European Jersey Association. This is the Breedcast produced by Viking Genetics. I'm your host, Louise Rowensvene. Hi, Peter, and welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. Thank thanks, you. For, thanks for joining us. So, Peter, uh, we're seeing that more and more farmers around the world are looking to breed Jersey cows. Why do you think that is? I think it is because they see an alternative to what they've traditionally been using. Uh, the Jersey breed is a, a quite new breed. Uh, all the Jerseys are written from the Jersey Island in the channel between France and England. And uh, uh, they've spread all over the world, but slowly. And um, the reason for, for having Jerseys is that uh, Jerseys are different than other breeds size-wise and also on different traits. And uh, that makes the, the, the cow interesting. When we started uh, breeding jerseys in Denmark, it was shortly after we started milk recording. And just of a sudden, uh, farmers realized, here is a breed that actually uh, milks milk with higher uh, levels of butterfat. Uh, we were not able to, to determine that exactly until we had the milk recording system. But shortly after, when having this information, uh, the uh, interest in jerseys increased rapidly, and that started 125 years ago. Wow. So so why do you think we're seeing sort of a similar movement, similar trends in other parts of the world today? It is because of the, the special uh, traits uh, that uh, um, characterizes the jerseys. Um, so it's not only that they are a bit smaller, they're more efficient, they have the high solids. They have better fertility than the, the bigger breeds, uh, not only in numbers, but also in size. And uh, they are more healthy and long-living. Uh, so uh, it fits well into uh, this future sustainable breeding that all is striving to, to uh, breed for. What, what kind of reputation has Jersey cows had historically? Well, um, they've been blamed for being too small and uh, some have been calling them goats. And, uh, and I, I remember when I was a child and uh, we were the only ones, my parents had jerseys, we were the only ones in the village having jerseys. And um, when I went to uh, agricultural school and university, uh, bullied because uh, we were working with goats, but they were efficient goats and they were profitable goats. And so... Uh, I, I live with it. That's very, that's very cute. So um, now we're seeing this trend around the world. From your perspective, what problems out there could potentially be solved by switching to <clears throat> or increasing the number of Jersey cows? If we focus on efficiency, 
uh, then of course there here is a smaller very highly efficient cow but uh, not all determine or measure efficiency at this stage so often it's because of fertility poor fertility it can be health problems uh, the jerseys have a stronger feet and legs they do not weigh as much as a big holstein cow uh, so do, you do not put uh, that much weight on your on the feet of the cows um and, and then uh, longevity as well uh, so so there are some advantages are breeding with with the, the smaller cow and the, in the end the profitability of the cow is just as good as uh, with a, a big cow mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk about climate and sustainability where where, where is jersey in in terms of that um we have done some trials in Denmark we've done some trials on uh, emissions it can be nitrogen it can be phosphorus and we uh, have realized that the jerseys are approximately uh, 10% no 20% better than than big breeds on that uh, it can be uh, uh, methane co2 we've done uh, some trials on that as well from uh, milking robots where we measure the the breadth of the, the cows showing again approximately 20% less Uh, greenhouse gases per kilogram of milk produced uh, from the jerseys. Then the, again, the, the feed efficiency, where the, the cows produce approximately 20% more per kilogram of dry matter intake uh, of the cows. So both that they are more efficient in converting feed to milk uh, and uh, gives you a higher efficiency you also in that way indirectly affect the climate so let's try and look at what i need to do if i want to breed healthy and as you said profitable jersey cows peter you grew up with jersey cows as you mentioned and you've ended up spending actually great parts of your career working with jerseys What made you, other than the fact that you grew up with them, what uh, what made you stay with them? Well, uh, of course, uh, it it matters quite a lot that I grew up with them. My grandparents on both sides also were, were milking jerseys, but uh, I, when I was younger, I actually had the farming education. I was working at several different farms, and um, also uh, farms with big uh, cows uh, of other breeds. And I realized that the, the personality of the jerseys, I like that a lot. Um, they have more um, uh, of personality. Uh, they are more individuals. But also the, the fact that they are, they are 200 kilos uh, smaller or way less. And, and when you're stepped on your toes by a big Holstein, it hurts quite a lot. And it can actually be difficult to push her away. A small jersey, you can always push away and you won't get that hurt. So when you go and meet with jersey farmers around the world, because you do, you've traveled for the past 30 years advising mm-hmm. on jersey. You're recognized as the leading expert on the matter. And you do work with farmers in, in just over 50 countries now. What are some of the first things that you recommend looking at when a farmer comes and tells you I'd like healthier and more profitable jersey cows? I'm looking at the the genetics that he the farmer has been working with with so far. 
I'm uh, looking at the conditions he's working under uh, and then try to determine whether this is an optimal fit, uh, what he has been done so uh, doing so far, and then try to identify where we can do better or help him do better uh, in selection of genetics that fits well for his milk pricing uh, system, uh, for the costs levels that he's working under, the environmental uh, restrictions he might have and uh, the climatical uh, conditions. So try to sum up under these conditions, what would be optimal genetics to use for you? And that's very important to make the farmers realize. And sometimes we uh, we experience that farmers has not really set exact goals and strategies for, for their breeding in the herd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What kind of environment and conditions are, are Jersey cows particularly suited for? Well, I think they're suited for nearly all. Um, they are hardy animals. Uh, they they uh, have a good uh, climate resistance or heat uh, tolerance. Um, they work under very harsh conditions. We, you'll see them um, down under uh, in the Australian heat that they keep on grazing, whereas uh, big uh, cows stop grazing in the middle of the day. And uh, you can see them under cold conditions uh, up north here where, where we are coming from, that uh, they are really hardy animals. It also relates to the size of the cow, the smaller cows, uh, the strong hooves, um, the, the, the health uh, genetics in them. They, they work well under all kinds of conditions. Mm-hmm. In, for instance, the US and New Zealand, and I believe in Denmark as well, uh, roughly around 13% of the total cow population uh, are, are Jersey, are made up of Jerseys. Uh, when the U.S., New Zealand, Australia, other countries around the world, um, they come to see you. Why, why are they interested in the, uh, in the Viking Jersey bulls? I think uh, the main reason today is fertility. We have put a lot of emphasis on breeding fertile animals. And uh, we are uh, in the lead when you look at the, the genetic levels uh, compare uh, across populations. And, and that's the main reason, but it, it is also for other reasons. We have always been breeding for high uh, percentage of fat and, and protein in the milk. And so that can be another reason. And then health. Uh, we have been able to, to breed very healthy animals. And, and this is a, a, a trend in, in those other countries as well. But that's not, in, in this I do not say that we we can, uh, or we are in the lead in all trades. We, we are not, uh, and uh, we are striving to, to be in the lead, but to constantly we check what bulls could we actually benefit from enrolling in our breeding program. So we have uh, uh, sires of sons from especially the US, but also from Canada and New Zealand, and we have a good tradition for combining these uh, um, genetics from, from other parts of the world. And I could mention three examples. Uh, way back, we imported uh, semen from New Zealand um, and uh, especially one bull, Glenmore Royal Guide, uh, um, resulted in a bull called Funtwet, one of the leading bulls in, in our population. Lester from US, uh, the sire of uh, Funlembic and uh, Imperial from Canada. 
the the sire the, the grandsire of uh, Q Impulse bulls that are well known worldwide actually origin or part of them origin from from those leading populations mm-hmm. so we are a mix but still uh, two thirds of the genetics in our population is uh, Danish mm-hmm. and, and then approximately thirty five percent a little more than 30% is North American and then a little New Zealand. So we benefit. It's mm-hmm. good that we breed in different directions and, and then we can benefit from uh, um, from good genes from other populations. And they're still purebred, right? All the, all the Viking Jersey people. Yes, yeah. and, and that's special. Uh, with our uh, jerseys, uh, back in 2009, we made a decision when we started genomic selection. Uh, we made a decision Uh, that the the Danish jerseys or the Viking jerseys should be purebred. Um, it was a, a, a tough decision to make, but it was the right decision to make so that we avoid getting problems with uh, what we call monogenetic traits or defects from other uh, populations. So all the bulls that we market, they are 100% pure jerseys for seven generations. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that this sort of data collection and tracking uh, started taking place. Can you tell me a bit more about how did that start with the jerseys and where is where is that today? Well, it uh, it is so that we we are actually able to uh, est- estimate breeding values for all of economic importance. And, and it's due to the fact that there is a good tradition for uh, registering everything in Nordic countries. Uh, so we'll see that a Danish farmer, he registers all what he can register uh, uh, on his herd. Uh, but also the same does the veterinarian coming in the herd. The same does the AI technician, uh, the slaughterhouse does, the dairy company does. Uh, so... We, we gather from a lot of different sources and that enables us to to um, uh, estimate those breeding values. And we've been doing that for uh, uh, 40 years. We've been doing on uh, those traits that uh, are the highest important today, fertility, health, longevity. Yeah. And all this data is available now to, to Jersey farmers in all countries around the world. Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, the, those days, data... Well, it's available if you use our genetics. If you use bulls from from uh, from uh, Viking genetics, uh, and um, it can also be available on your females out there, no matter where you come from. If you genomic test your animals in our system, mm-hmm. then just of a sudden you'll get access to the same uh, traits and information as what we have on ours. Mm-hmm. What are some of the areas where Viking jerseys are, are breed leaders? We're breed leaders in uh, health and fertility. Um, and uh, we are uh, on longevity as well. Uh, we are on butter fat production. Um, and um, so, so on a lot of the new traits, we are breed leaders. And I'm sure that when we start to evaluate the genetic levels, for feed efficiency, for greenhouse gas emissions, we will be breed leaders as well. But we can't document that today because we are forerunners and front runners in, in that uh, area. But uh, it'll come in other countries as well. And uh, I'm sure we we will show that we are there. Mm-hmm. 
Now, another trend happening right now is crossbreeding. Uh, and I know that uh, Jersey uh, plays a role in at, le at least one of the, um, the crossbreeding programs that you're involved with. What, what does Jersey bring to the mix in crossbreeding and why, why is it a popular breed for crossing? The reason for, for considering or including Jerseys in a crossbreeding program is mainly that the cows have, been, have become too big. So it'll normally be, be uh, farmers working with other breeds where they realize that the very, very tall cows, very big cows is not the most efficient. And they are not the most healthy, they are not the most long-living. So I'm combining a breed that uh, in first generation, uh, the, the, the F1 crosses will already be smaller and more healthy, more fertile. You can, can see that immediately. But we recommend that you use a, a rotational cross with, with uh, three uh, different breeds. And one of the main reasons for that is that if you do a zigzag cross with only two breeds, Jersey and another, then you will see a, a huge variation in the size of the cows. When you use three breeds, it levels out more. And then you uh, still obtain quite a high level of uh, heterosis, uh, the extra you get, uh, you get when, when doing crossbreeding. And, and what breeds, what three breeds are good to combine with, with Jersey or two other breeds combined with Jersey? Well, uh, normally you, you start uh, uh, crossing your Holsteins with, uh, with Jerseys, but then to have a, a, another big breed, then the, the red breed will be uh, excellent. So it can be um, uh, different sorts of red. And uh, uh, here in Nordic countries, we, we have... Uh, uh, what we call Viking red, but Viking red is actually a um, um, merge of uh, several, three different red breeds in Nordic countries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do Jersey farmers around the world feel about crossbreeding? Are, are they excited? Are, are some like you know what what are, what are the sort of different opinions about using you know Jerseys in, cro in crossbreeding? I think uh, most uh, Jersey breeders around the world do not consider crossbreeding at all because they think they have the ideal breed for the future. <laughs> uh, so they are not considering that, but they might be telling the neighbor uh, uh, milking another breed that he should consider to use a, a little jersey and um, make life easier. Peter, when you look ahead into the future, what are some of the coming trends that uh, jersey farmers should be aware of? They should be aware to uh, set strategies and uh, follow their goals. It's very important uh, in future where you you, I think that most farmers will be challenged more on uh, profitability, on um, the restrictions uh, for environmental and others. And in, 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 um, to optimize, uh, you, you have to follow uh, your goals and uh, you, to be very clear in defining those goals. I think in the future, most breeders will do genomic testing to give yourself better tools to select those that should breed next generation of cows in your herd. And it, uh, you don't need all uh, the cows to, to breed a next generation um, to have enough uh, offspring to uh, reproduce your, your herd or uh, replace um, cold, cold cows. 
uh, you might only use uh, or need 30 to 40% of your cows for that. So a strategy where you do genomic testing, get a better selection tool, find the 30 to 40% that should be mothers for ne of next generation, and then use beef on the rest of the cows. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be an optimal strategy, uh, both uh, speeding up genetic uh, progress on those traits that you prioritize, but also profitability will be optimized in that sense because you will replace worthless Jersey bull calves with uh, Jersey beef crosses uh, having a higher value. What about sexed semen? Because I, I saw numbers from 2020 mm. and it was like 70% of all Jersey doses sold you know, around the world. Yep. A sex semen significantly higher than other breeds we see where it's around yeah. 25%. Why is sex semen an important tool for, for Jersey breeders? Well, it is to re replace uh, the purebred Jersey bull calves. And when I uh, before said that the 30 to 40% were enough to replace uh, um, animals or females in your herd, uh, I mean that those are enough if you use sex semen. So you, you should use sex semen to breed next generation. And uh, you could also actually also use sex semen uh, when you use beef. And that's coming more and more. Uh, we expect that 90% of the Jersey semen sold in, uh, in Denmark and Nordic countries uh, this year will be, or by the end of this year, will be uh, sex semen, sex Jersey semen. And uh, we expect that approximately 25% of the beef semen will be sex as well. Mm -hmm. And this is only for this year. I expect next year, 50% of the beef semen sold uh, for, for Jersey breeders will be sexed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What else can I do to be set up for the future with a healthy and profitable Jersey herd? I, I think uh, you should um, have a look at uh, the effects of different strategies. Give yourself uh, the uh, opportunity of checking whether what I'm doing today is the most profitable solution. We have a tool called SimHerd, where we do simulations on the different strategies in your herd. You can have a sex semen strategy, maybe only Jersey sex semen, maybe both Jersey sex semen and beef, and then try and make these different scenarios that will fit well under your conditions and make a simulation on what will the economic result be how much uh, sex semen, sh uh, semen should I use? And what type or what profile of bulls should I use? And what will the end result be? Um, that, that's a very, very good tool to, uh, to, to, um, to make use of when discussing uh, future strategies and uh, effects of that. Are we going to continue to see a growth in numbers of Jersey cows around the world? Of course. <laughs> How could you place a question like that? Uh, yes, of course, we, we will. Uh, the, Jersey, the Jersey breed is the, the breed of the future. Um, and and uh, when we get the more documentation on, on safe feed, feed efficiency, on uh, greenhouse gas emissions, I'm sure that uh, it'll show that the Jersey is a breed of the future. You don't need uh, the, the world's largest cows uh, to, to uh, give you a, your, a good uh, economic result in your herd. Uh, you can do with smaller cows. 
So are the number of Jersey cows, is that going to continue to grow around the world? Yes, definitely. And the, the reason for that is that the Jersey fit well in all types of production systems under all types of uh, uh, management conditions around the world, no matter if you're producing conventional products or organic products, uh, if you produce designed products for, for special customers like A2 milk or, or, or different, uh, put emphasis on different traits, um, then the jerseys fit well. But jerseys also fit well when you're you prioritize profitability, health, sustainability, and I think uh, it is the breed fitting the best. So I see a great future for the jerseys. Thanks for joining the Breedcast produced by Viking Genetics. If you'd like more management tips on uh, Jersey cows and more breeding tips, do visit the Viking Genetics website and social media with the Jersey area there. Thank you, Peter Larson, for sharing your knowledge and experience with us. You're welcome. Thank you. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening. If you have an idea for a topic in cattle breeding you'd like us to focus on, uh, please contact us at uh, the Viking Genetics website uh, or on our uh, Facebook page. My name is Louise Rowan-Svane. Please join me for the next Breedcast, where we'll talk about another current trend in cattle breeding, organic farming, and more particularly, how to avoid sick cows in your organic dairy business. Thank you. <laughs>